This is Rama for Today. But the answer is simple, you see, that, that I could see it. I said to myself, as I read that, why can't this learned man see that? The answer is very simple. Who's right? He said, Paul or Jesus? I'm prone to follow Jesus. I said to myself out loud, both of them are right. You're not rightly dividing the word of truth. What Jesus said, he was talking to the Jews. It didn't apply to the Gentile. Paul is talking to the church. It don't apply to the Jews. You're listening to Rhema for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan's teaching, God's Healing Mercy. Now, if you're not being persecuted or opposed, you're not in the will of God. I'm talking about if you're a preacher, especially if you're a preacher. Amen. Are you, are you listening to me? Amen. You just mark it down right now. But you see, what happens is people bless their hearts. You want to help them so badly. But if they won't listen, there's no way to help them. See, remember what Paul said, writing to the young man, Timothy, who was a young minister of the gospel. He said, study. Study. Well, now to study, you have to use your brain. I think that's one great mistake that full gospel people have done. They've used every other part of their being except their head. <laughs> they almost seem to think it's a sin to use your head, but it's not. Study. Study. Amen. <laughs> to show thyself, to prove unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Now notice, that's not all of it. Rightly dividing the word of truth. It's so easy not to rightly divide the word of truth. And if you don't rightly divide it, you'll bring confusion. Are you listening to me? Rightly dividing the word of truth. I make mention of the fact sometime. I was holding a meeting in 1957, the month of February, in the city of Los Angeles, California. And I picked up the Los Angeles Times during the month of February of 1957. And on the front page, I saw a picture of a man alighting from an airplane out at the airport there. A reporter was there, photographer was there to get his picture. Then in reading this article on the very front page, yeah, you had to know that this man was a man of some fame and renown. Uh, they said they didn't know that he was coming, but it was learned when they had learned from some source that, uh, you know, after he was already airborne, that he was on his way, you see, there to Los Angeles. He was the president of a college and seminary back east. Very, you could readily understand, very man of renown and fame. So when they heard that he was on this plane, then the Los Angeles Times sent a reporter and a photographer there to interview him and get his picture, you see, and put it right on the front page. Uh, and I got to town, they didn't interview me, put me on the front page. So you know he had to be of some renown and fame. 
And so the reporter asked him why he had come to Los Angeles, and he said, well, it's a combination of both business and pleasure. He's going to be there for several weeks. And uh, so he had come, you see, for some vacation to get out of the snow in the winter back in the east, February, you know. And then also he didn't state what his business was. It wasn't anybody's business, you know. Then in the process of time, about a week later, I picked up the Los Angeles Times. And I noticed this same man was speaking at one of the seminaries there in the Los Angeles area. There's a number of them there. And again, they sent the reporter out there and, and gave almost his whole address. They took the back page of the first section. Number one section brought it down, and, and put his whole address in the paper. So you know for him to put virtually the whole address. You know, they, they might, have, might have edited it down a little bit, but, but the whole back page, you see. Well, you know that he had to be a man of some fame and renown. Now, you see, he's speaking here at, at, uh, at this seminary, you see, where they're turning out preachers. And so he said in the course, and, and so I read it very carefully, word for word. And in the course of his speech, lecture, to the student body and the faculty of this renowned seminary, he said, I am going to revive an old argument. Now, you see, a lot of people don't know this unless you've studied on a higher level, seminary level. You won't necessarily get it in some Bible schools. And that is this. He went on to say this. There has, as you seminary students know, and as theologians know, there has raged for the past 400 years in theological circles and seminaries a debate. Who's right? Paul or Jesus? Because, see, he went on to say, and he pointed out a few scriptures. Some things Paul says in his letter to the churches contradicts what Jesus said in the gospel. Vice versa. Some things Jesus said in the gospels contradicts what Paul said in the uh, epistles. Now, one example, and I'll not go into it, is the seventh chapter of 1 Corinthians where Paul talks about marriage and man and woman and so on. You try to interpret the seventh chapter of 1 Corinthians in light of what Jesus said in the Gospels, and you become hopelessly confused and can't find the answer. So, this great learned man, supposedly a man of fame and renown, said, Well, I'm sure Paul was a good man. Well, I'm glad he was, but he's more than a good man. He's a man of God. But I'm prone to follow Jesus. Now, you see, that sounds very religious. Most anybody would have said, well, you wouldn't find fault with somebody following Jesus. But I thought to myself, now, here's a man with all these years of education and all those initials on the end of his name. And he's talking to people here that are seminary. They're, they're students that have already graduated from university. Now, then they're over in seminary working on further degrees. Four more years, some of them are about to graduate of eight years, four years of university, four years of seminary. They're about to, they're about to graduate, and, and they're all confused. Education doesn't have the answer. Now, it's very simple. I thought to myself, is that read that? Here's, here's, here's just an old boy, you know, that, uh, 
didn't go to Bible school. God just raised up as a teenager from the bed of sickness and healed me miraculously. But the answer is so simple, you see, that, that I could see it. I said to myself, as I read that, why can't this learned man see that? The answer is very simple. Who's right? He said, Paul or Jesus? I'm prone to follow Jesus. I said to myself out loud, both of them are right. You're not rightly dividing the word of truth. What Jesus said, he was talking to the Jews. It didn't apply to the Gentile. Paul is talking to the church. It don't apply to the Jews. Are you listening? Very, very simple. All you got to do is just do what Paul himself said do. Rightly divide. Rightly divide. Well, you see, that same thing's true on this suffering bit. People are not rightly dividing. You see, it's strange. They'll, they'll take these scriptures now. I'm just reading after one. Bless his heart. You'd think, dear God, what's wrong with him? I'm like Bosworth almost. I just can't understand them. I mean, I can't understand their thinking. Here's this ministry's. Wife's got a nervous breakdown. She's in the psychiatric ward. Here's his daughter, got a malignant, operated on for a malignancy. And uh, he's supposed to believe in divine healing. Well, that doesn't mean it's wrong for her to be operated on. I'm just bringing out the fact that he didn't know where he's, what, what's what, you know. And so he gained great comfort in that Jesus suffered in the Garden of Gethsemane and sweat as it were great drops of blood. So then that's what's happening to him through his wife in the psychiatric ward and his daughter being operated on. He's suffering with Jesus. But you see, there's no, there's no comparison there. Is there? I said, is there? No. None. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. No. You will suffer persecution. Uh, the Bible said it's coming. Now, that's one promise that a lot of people don't claim. Isn't that strange? <laughs> they don't claim that one. See, he said, they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You ever hear anybody claim that one? I point out sometimes we're great. We're really great to claim this over here in, in Mark. You know, all of you are acquainted with that one over there in Mark, aren't you? About the hundredfold return. You want to turn over and read that with me? Tenth chapter. Tenth chapter of Mark. Now let's, let's read it. You know, it's amazing when you read the whole context why, how different it looks. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. You can find more great materials by Kenneth E. Hagan, Pastor Hagan, and the rest of the Hagan family by visiting our online bookstore. Right now, I'd like to tell you about this month's special radio offer. The first item in this offer is the slimline book from Kenneth Hagan entitled The Master Restorer. The next item is the three CD series from Kenneth E. Hagan. Casting all of your cares upon the Lord. All of these items are for the special price of $20. That's $6.95 off the retail price. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema.org. 
Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Right now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. Well, honey, guess what happens in just a little over a week? Oh, Christmas lights. <laughs> Christmas lights. Rainbow lights are going on in the park, and there will be over two million, million. lights. On this campus, all on over. On this campus, park. yes. But the park where oh, you walk through, guys. walk across that bridge with that canopy of lights that are all set to music, and then as you're walking across over to your left on the, on the hillside there, yes. is all the, all, all the lights all set to the music. It's just fantastic. Then you can drive around the campus or walk around it. Or uh, there's a guy that comes in with his horses and carriages yes. and he sets up over in the corner over there and you can take a carriage ride. That's right. Hey, it all starts at about six o'clock on Wednesday night, November the 27th, and it runs until. 11 o'clock on January the 1st, That's 11 right. o'clock that night, p.m. You know, some people may say, why do you light up the campus at Christmas? Well, Jesus is the light of the world. Yeah. And we just let this be just a, a sign that Jesus is the light of yeah. the world. Hey, you, you, you want to come and see it. They come from all over Arkansas, Kansas, Missouri, all over. I see, I see church buses and I see buses with uh, Kansas license yes. tags and and Arkansas and Missouri and Texas and Texas yes. uh, people come to see the lights in fact my son said and I don't know I don't keep up with that stuff but he said they have been voted in the in the one of the top 10 best light displays in in the in the United nation States. so yes. praise yes. the lord amen yes. so you need to come and see him and then right after that you can join uh, in the Rama Bible Church for our oh, power. That's right. right. That's right. Tomorrow, more from Kenneth E. Hagen on God's healing mercy. If you'd like, you can visit our online bookstore at rhema.org for more great resources.